Welcome to the Property Business Accelerator podcast with your host, Mike Frisbee. Mike is a well-respected property investor and has built up a high-yielding residential property portfolio across the Southeast since 2006. Mike is well known for his HMO expertise and for specializing in delivering high-end, premium and affordable HMO living spaces. Complex property knowledge made simple, direct from the property front line with Mike Frisbee. Welcome to today's episode of the Property Business Accelerator. And I'm delighted today to have this guest on. As we all know, social media is so important. And I think one of the biggest platforms out there, which is so underutilized by many, is LinkedIn. So I have the queen bee of LinkedIn today, Cecilia. So um, I'm going to let her introduce herself. um, But I'm delighted to start to be able to ask lots of questions around LinkedIn, especially recently. I've been hearing some really good things about what some other property investors are doing on LinkedIn. So I think it's really, really important that we get our head around it. Cecilia, can you introduce yourself? Hi, Mike, and thank you for the invitation. It's lovely to be here. So I'm Celia Rizofanassian. I'm the Queen Bee of LinkedIn, as you rightly said. I'm a marketing mentor and a LinkedIn specialist. And I have been working on LinkedIn for many, many years now. I think I started really looking at it from a marketing perspective back in 2008. So it's a good good 12, 13 years now, back in the day when LinkedIn didn't even have a blog. So yes, here we are. I'm looking forward to your questions. Brilliant. So can you tell me how you first got involved in LinkedIn and then obviously went on to form Queen Bee? Thank you. So I started quite early when uh, being in marketing, I always feel a little bit compelled to go out and test new platforms, most recently with Clubhouse, but we can talk about this a bit later. And uh, I started, I jumped on it 2006-2007, thinking it's a a place where you connect with your colleagues, it's a CV uh, place. And then we quickly, I was very fortunate that in my last corporate role, we used LinkedIn quite a bit for marketing. We were advertising, we were running a very successful, very active group. So a lot of it was about learning about LinkedIn on the job. So when I left corporate, because I'm a corporate escapee, so that's a good 10 years that this has happened, we, uh, I actually started thinking, well, all of my career has been in professional services. LinkedIn, if you are to choose one platform to really focus on in terms of social media, then it's got to be LinkedIn. So it evolved gradually from there. And eventually I thought, okay, how about I actually do some personal branding? Hence the idea of Queen Bee of LinkedIn. Yeah, I, lo- I, love, I love the little bit of personal branding. And um, obviously that's kind of what you do now on um, LinkedIn for people, isn't it? One of the things that you get involved in amongst many things to do with LinkedIn is obviously help people to personalize their page, make their brand, their page far more them, I guess. And that's right. Active to other people. And it's something that you obviously help me with. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about how you, how you go about that exercise of, I guess, when people come across your profile, that it, it says what it's supposed to. It's 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 actually very easy to understand and um, you know attracts the right people in. 
That's right. So the profile on LinkedIn is really the foundation of our presence and there is no way around it. We've got to start with that. The, the way I encourage people to look at this, it's um, effectively it's your personal website. So over and above your main website, your personal website on social media is actually your LinkedIn profile. And it's this, I mean, you, you know how much there is there and how much information we can include. So it always has to start with that. But really the conversation about LinkedIn is a marketing conversation. So I always start, we discuss a little bit about what LinkedIn is and how we would like to use it, but really I then put it on the side and have a conversation about marketing as in what are the services you wish to promote what is the call to action? What are we inviting people to do? So once you have that conversation first, then you can have a very focused, laser focused presence on LinkedIn. And then the journey begins from there. And why, why do you feel that LinkedIn is so important for a property investor, particularly? Um, what, what do you think is, is, is you said that you feel that LinkedIn was Sort of one of the main platforms and you know you want that's why you got involved in linkedin and maybe some of the other platforms but why, why is it so important for a property investor well it has to do with the uh, social media disruption in the world of marketing if we think about it for a second 10 15 years ago we had a vertical approach to marketing so it would be a company and then we had a series of steps that they were all vertical in order for us to reach our prospect and gain clients and we were all following the same pattern and then you could choose pick and mix the type of channels you wanted to use but here enters social media and it completely and utterly disrupts this vertical approach. So now all of a sudden conversations which are relevant for our business are not necessarily taking place directly on our website. They're taking place on other platforms. So that means we have zero option, I'm afraid, but to engage in those other platforms. So the next question is, which are those other platforms? And the most professional business-like one is LinkedIn. So we can't ignore it as part of our mix to, to be there and to be present. And particularly for an investor, that means it's it's a serious presence you you have to be quite um, you have to have a strong presence it has to be quite serious you have to be very careful what you talk about to um, educate your audience but also to make sure that they understand you you are reliable and you build your credibility and the way to do this is on linkedin rather than necessarily other platforms which we can use for for support but the main focus has to be LinkedIn. So it's because of the disruption, the overall disruption on social media. And I guess, you know, this is something that I've thought, I think, you know, as you say, you know, websites are becoming less, you know, company websites or even personal websites, still important, but I think far less relevant. And I just don't think, you know, back in the day, people would go and Google you and then your website would pop up. And I guess now, even if you Googled, you know, what pops up is LinkedIn. And so it's very easy then to click through to LinkedIn, find someone's profile, but obviously you would search on the social media platforms. And I do think 
people are looking at those social media platforms and, and they give, I think they also give so much more than a website because they tell, tell a story um, because you can see many years of posts. You can see many years of content if you've been at it for a while. So I think it's important that as an investor, you do invest the time because not only is it a way, I think, to proactively connect with people, it's also a, a bit of a shop window. What, what's your view on What's your view on that? It's a great point you're making. Uh, first of all, on the Google search, I think people still search for you. They tend to search before they have that initial meeting, just to prep for a meeting, just to get a quick sense. Now, what happens, a lot of people perhaps don't necessarily realize, but LinkedIn is the Google name search. So Google understands that LinkedIn is a huge name database. So that's the reason why they prioritize. So they look into LinkedIn first and they pull up the results. So it's actually quite important. Again, it goes back to the profile. It has to be optimized. It has to say the right words, the right keywords. It's, it's a little bit like a search engine optimization exercise. So that's, that's, that's the one bit. Now, the conversation about the website is actually something that I'm, I'm thinking a lot because sometimes you think, well, why on earth have a website? But here's what happens. I still think we need to own our digital assets. And that's what the website is, isn't it? It's our own property online. Now, the recent examples of what has happened with a certain president across the pond were massive following on Twitter and across other social media platforms, and then he gets banned. Now, I know this is an extreme example, but in some respects, it highlights the vulnerabilities in the system and our over-reliance on just a social media platform, be it LinkedIn or something else or a combination of. So I still think there is a, a time and place for the website. I don't think it needs to be all singing or dancing as it used to be. I think it needs to be more like a landing page led. You need to capture uh, information, emails, data. And we need to be pointing people on uh, the website from, from LinkedIn. So I, I still think there is room for that. And we do need to make sure that we own the property. Because remember, you know, with LinkedIn and anything out there, we have to play their game. So they keep changing things and they think, oh my God, they changed that again. Or oh, they erect the groups. They used to work fine, but now they don't. Now they are reinventing company pages. They used to work fine a few years ago. So all of that is, we, we play the game, but we always stay focused on attracting people to our own digital ecosystem. So why, why is it that they keep changing out, you know, I hear on Facebook at least, and I'm sure it's the same on LinkedIn, you know, the constantly changing algorithms of what used to work doesn't work. And so you have to continually sort of almost double guess the whole time as to what's going on, work it out. Why, why are they doing that? Because it makes the platform harder to use as far as I can see. But their argument is actually it's, it's putting up the best content or more relevant content to you as a user of the platform. What, why, why do they do that? Do you have an answer to that? 
I'm not sure I do. I certainly know it's frustrating. It's frustrating like crazy, especially when a lot of the changes, uh, you know, we, we know a change is happening. We know it's being rolled out, but the LinkedIn is notorious for the slowest rollouts in, in history of social media. And uh, you never know. And then all of a sudden you go one day and they've moved things around. I, I suppose one thing is optimization. Uh, platforms always have to look at the user experience and this has to match their commercial objectives. So in the background, whether we realize it or not, to us it may appear like a glitch or something different, but in the background, the development teams are always testing and working out things. Now, on, on, the, on the topic of you know, sometimes wrecking something that works really well. It's a conversation we have with a lot of LinkedIn experts around the world, actually. You think, you know, groups is a good example. It was working perfectly. Then why go in and, and destroy the groups completely? You know, it, it makes no sense. I don't have an explanation for this. I don't know whether our interns uh, have been given uh, more responsibility than they should. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's happening. No, nobody really does. So the main thing for me is, is, though I appreciate that this is frustrating, and LinkedIn is a complicated platform, partly because of that, partly because there's a lot on there. I always encourage people to look at the strategic level rather than getting distracted by the, uh, you know, these uh, sometimes low level tactical issues that get in the way because they do. But let's not lose focus of ultimately the, the bigger objectives. So um, there's also, you know, there's obviously that it, that is causing constant disruption and therefore you are always having to stay on top of it. What three tips could you give property investors as to how best, therefore, to manage their, their profile and their interaction on, on LinkedIn? That's a great question, actually. And it's the way I look at LinkedIn, it's all about marketing. So it is about a marketing conversation. So the first tip is to examine your objectives on LinkedIn, but really consider what is your top of funnel. So the main thing is, what are you inviting people to do? It is our responsibility when people land on our profile on LinkedIn or when they land on our website to invite them to take that next step. And we need to be very clear about what that is. And we need to make sure that it's not something passive such as, well, contact us, find out more, which, okay, fine, but it's not really compelling. You know, you don't feel your heart beating when you read someone saying, oh, contact us to find out more. But if you have something, you know, schedule your complimentary strategic session um, is uh, worth, um, the value of this is X. I only offer, uh, you know, introducing scarcity as well. I only offer a limited number of these sessions every week. Or, you know, for investors, again, I think it's about, there is a book out there, which I think is quite a, an interesting one, called Oversubscribed. You may have read it by Daniel Prisley. 
And he effectively talks about this concept of scarcity and making sure that rather than appearing wide open to everyone, it's better to be quite focused on who is our ideal client and making sure that people know about this. So with property investors, one of the key things that they are time poor and assessing what is a valuable conversation is quite important rather than say, hey, I'm, I'm free all day long today, book me in by Calendly and we'll have these strategic conversations. That's not a very good use of time for, for, for people who are, you know, very, very active, very busy and very time poor. So the, the marketing conversation before you even start at looking at your LinkedIn profile is what am I inviting people to do and how can I make sure that it is a focused conversation? So one of the things that I encourage my clients to do is look at a diagnostic, for example, some type of scorecard where you capture data and this allows you to, to reflect on whether it's actually a good time to, to have that conversation with someone to, to start the journey. So that's, that's my first tip. And this has really nothing to do on, about LinkedIn. It's all about marketing because the diagnostic can exist on the website, but then it focuses. Now imagine if you have this information and you're clear what is the focus, then you create a, a presence on LinkedIn that everything drives towards that top of funnel activity. You encourage people to take that diagnostic, you give them a report, you give them some value, and then you say, I have limited number of spaces. So that's, that's you know, my, my number one tip. What are your thoughts on that before I move on to the next so, one? So what you're trying to do is gauge, gauge, so you're trying to create some interaction and that interaction is by giving some value. Um, I know Daniel Priestley is, you, you know, is, is, is a great one for scorecards, as I think you were mentioning, um, that therefore you, the, the user gets something and obviously you get something because you get to understand your potential client and, and not something I've heard before in the way you phrased it there, which is, is it now therefore right to engage in that interaction, in that conversation, in that, is it the right time? Are they, are they in the right place, I guess? is what you're trying to understand to be to be an ideal client or an ideal investor or an ideal person correct that's 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 it it'll be quite interesting um so i think i think that's that's a very interesting tip isn't it because you know i, I think so many like a website often it's so passive and if you leave it as passive you get some eyes on it but not a lot else and i think this is where the big companies go wrong in marketing is that they just have a lot of poster websites you know and they have this all their brands all this stuff on there or a branded website but it's about the interactivity and engaging it's so much more life is so much more about engaging now isn't it it's entering that two-way dialogue and as you say enticement in has to be from giving some value back in exchange it's another daniel Priestley thing which is um about um you know in order to get the lead in you need to give something out uh, exactly leads, which might they, they, you know he calls it paid for leads but it's not necessarily you're paying for it you're just giving some value in exchange for their data because these days people don't like leaving data do they they're, they're a bit more personal about their data they don't don't want to leave it any, any everywhere because they know that they might get spammed or, or whatever so very interesting to make sure that that person is then the right person to interact to
So that, that that's interesting. So what do you have another tip? So the, so the next step, once we do this thinking and uh, make a decision on what is the focus of the profile and the LinkedIn presence, the second big tip is understanding that LinkedIn is not a pitching platform. LinkedIn primarily is a building your community platform. Now, I know we have all been at the receiving end of you connect with someone, next thing you know, it's a very long essay type long message, effectively hitting you directly. There's no rapport, there's no bonding there. They just go straight for the kill. And, you know, this doesn't actually serve um, anyone in particular because, you know, you, you read them and you think, or you don't read them and you, th you, you switch off completely because you think this person is trying to sell me something. So for property investors, you know, we talked about credibility and people understanding that you know your stuff, you have valuable insights, you um, stay updated with all the developments, you have a voice, you have an opinion, because investing is a, quite a, a complex scenario, isn't it? So how do you create that? Now, we can say that you know all of this stuff and you have experience on your profile, but actually it's the type of content that people share that builds that credibility. So again, it's about being focused on the content. So it's about building a community. That's number one, building a community. And the, the other thing I find quite useful here to mention as, as a tip for your, your, your audience, Mike, is that there is a lot of confusion between who is a follower and who is a prospect. So sometimes, because what I've noticed from the property community is that uh, you guys love LinkedIn and you have big followings on LinkedIn, massive followings, they go into thousands like, like you do, which is great. At the same time, it should not become a vanity exercise. So a follower effectively is someone, is someone who has done a virtual handshake from across the room. They say, hi, Mike, I'm Celia, how are you doing? And then maybe, I don't even remember who you are, but we are still connected. So your first degree connections, your followers on Insta, your friends on Facebook, all of these are followers. So that's a great start. That's what a follower is. But then we want to move the followers to become some of them to convert them into prospects. And who is a prospect? So this is why tip number one is important about being clear. How do you create prospects? A prospect is someone who responds very specifically to something we have asked them to do. So maybe they have taken that diagnostic, that health check that we talked about. Maybe they have subscribed to our newsletter. Maybe they attended a webinar that we're organizing. And also it may be that they are in fact very engaged with our content. So they watch out for it, they make comments, they're interested, they consume our content. So effectively that's what we are looking to do on LinkedIn. We have the followers, our first degree connection, we now want to convert them into some of them into prospects. And the, the best way to do this and the best way a property investor can do it is by uh, sharing insights and, and uh, showing their knowledge, showing their expertise, having a voice, making comments about what's happening around us at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's very important, isn't it? Sharing the info, in, insights. 
don't be scared about sharing knowledge. There's so much knowledge out there. I, I'm very, I, I'm sure that you, it's very rare that you're ever going to have a fairly unique piece of knowledge. Um, and with the, you know, with modern day, um, you know, social media platforms, internet, you know, the knowledge is there, is everywhere. But, um, you know, people normally actually require help implementing and it's the implementation that, that is where you need the assistance and therefore um, don't worry about sharing the knowledge, but it, it will certainly boost your credibility. But I think one of the key points that you mentioned there for me was about this, you know, that there are, there are a lot of people who sort of must have automation in messages that when you connect, they go, hi, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do. And it's all about them. Uh, sometimes they put a token, you know, let's learn more about you or I'm in your network or, you know, thank you for connecting. But I, I think it's, I think you're right. It's so impersonal. And I think what you've got to do is if you're connecting people, you need to try and connect at that level of interaction and that level of connection, that level of, you know, personality. And also at that stage, not having your mind that you're trying to pitch that, that I think, because if you pitch, then people are like, it, we're all the same. We're all humans, aren't they? As soon as someone starts to try and pitch, you sort of put up the guards. We switch off, don't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So build those bonds first. I think one of the biggest tips that I've recently come across on social media, and, and I think LinkedIn is the same, is build those bonds first before you get into anything and, and add the value, as you're saying. Add, those, add that value, build those bonds, build that connectivity, appear that you're genuinely helping and you need to come from a place where you do want to help and not just, oh, there's something in it for me. It's like... I, I've had a big mind shift in, in terms of like, let's just go and help lots of people. And, and some of those people will turn into something and opportunities for me in my business, I'm sure. But if I go out and help lots of people, I know that, you know, I also believe in the, you know, law of reciprocity. Rep, rep, you know, I can't say that very well. Re reciprocity, I think. Reciprocity, thank you. Uh, reciprocity. Um, uh, uh, you know, that therefore you will get back what you give. And it might not be in a straight line, i.e. directly with someone. But if you give if you give enormous amount of value, you're going to stay in that person's mind. And I also talk around on the Property Business Accelerator program all about sowing seeds. And that to me is partly sowing seeds. You don't know when those seeds will germinate. They might germinate immediately or they might germinate in months, years, even decades time. But those people have remembered you because you've taken that time to be made that personal connection. And I think that's so important. So for me, um, you know, it's it's so how do you best do that, do you think, on LinkedIn? So that's that's a great point, actually. And I just to go back to your point, because I agree 100 percent about the non-linear approach. So if we have a follower who becomes a prospect, they could become a client or they could become an ambassador. So that's the other thing. They may never directly buy from you, but they may be referring you. They may be referring other followers to you, other prospects to you. So yes, it, it's not a, a linear process, but it's all interconnected. So how do we go about achieving that is my third tip on LinkedIn, which is get the relationship off LinkedIn. So that's the objective is we have to take the relationship off LinkedIn. We want to start the conversation. We want to build a community. We want to build our credibility. And then we want to say, is it time to jump on a quick call? Would you like to come to my webinar? Would, so we want to get them off onto something else, something that 
quite possibly we own as a digital property outright. So that's the entire objective. And the way practically we can achieve this is effectively what I believe, and that's what uh, for a lot of property people, investors and developers, all these massive networks, there's no need particularly to go out hunting for new connections when you have thousands. Ma the magic is on your first degree connections. So a lot of people sometimes concentrate on just getting more, more, more. Whereas if they spent more time with their first degree connections, aiming to educate them better and move them from followers to prospects, you know, that first barrier is not there. We already connected. Maybe we exchanged a few words. Maybe we met in the physical world a few years ago, but we stayed connected. Maybe I see your posts occasionally. So how can you make sure that then you can continue the conversation with me? So th the main thing about LinkedIn is, is it isn't an easy magic uh, button that we can press. I wish I had one of those. Sometimes people ask me for this. I don't have it. Don't have my magic wand with me today. We really have to put in the word and build that community and take them off LinkedIn. Yes, I think that's that's key, isn't it, to then get that connection to take them off, uh, you know, to, to open up the conversation somewhere else. And I think I think there was another Peter gem in there from you, which was, you know, I think a lot of people do get fixated by numbers of followers or connections or whatever, but actually you only need a handful to get what you want. Um, and it's that deeper connection because you could have, uh, uh, as you said, you know, I've got thousands, you know, I've got tens, I'm in the tens of thousands uh, of, of connections. So, you know, that doesn't do anything because they'll all be passive because they're just connected and I won't probably show up in their feeds because they've got just as many, you know, I'm probably a really bad person to connect to because I've got so many connections. I'm not going to see your material very, I'm not unlikely to see your material. So, um, it's about getting that personal connection, isn't it? And you only need a handful of those that if something then comes of that, um, it makes it. So don't worry about the, the the volume. I think these days it is about quality of connection and not about quantity of connection. Correct. Um, and I think that is that is critical and it's taken me a while to realise that, which, which might lead me on to the next question, which is what mistakes do people make utilizing LinkedIn? You know, what are the common mistakes that you just, uh, you know, you, you roll your eyes at and go, oh my God, they're doing <laughs> it again. Someone's making this mistake. They think they're doing really well, but but they're not. So to share some of those, because I often think we learn more via the mistakes that we are making than, you know, the hints and tips of, of the positive side of the successful sides. That's, that's very true. So I will start with the big picture mistake. And the strategic mistake that people make is to look at LinkedIn in splendid isolation. So they look at it on its own, uh, they get involved, they do the engagement, all the activity, even if the activity is perfect, but they don't take their relationship offline. And they, when I say offline, I don't mean literally offline because everything is online now, I mean off LinkedIn. 
we don't connect it with our digital ecosystem. So if you think about it, we need to have the foundation, we need a website, we need uh, some form of email marketing, quite possibly a secondary platform, and then LinkedIn. So it's think about three to four key uh, channels that we need to be working with. So LinkedIn works best when we connect it with our other activity if we get people on our uh, email list and our email marketing. So that's the big picture mistake. Now, in terms of etiquette, I think that's a lot of it is about etiquette and uh, what not to do. And we talked a little bit about that. Connecting with someone and then hitting them directly with a, a sales message, that won't get you anywhere. Even if you're using an automating uh, system to do that, that LinkedIn does not particularly love those. So you have to be very careful because it may actually get you into a, a bit of trouble with LinkedIn if, if you're overdo it because you can now report spammy messages. The, so LinkedIn is getting more militant about this. So you can report it and I encourage yeah. people to do it. Like I, I agree, yeah, I agree because I, I think it's, um, because otherwise my inbox is getting so spammy that I, I'm, I'm not, Guess I'm not utilizing it. And when I get a genuine kind of connection, someone trying to make a genuine connection or someone trying to contact me with some value, you, you can't find it. I mean, it's like my email inbox as well. It's just, it just gets full so quickly and I, I hate it, but I can't do much about it. I try and unsubscribe. I can't, you know, I just seem to get on another database or you unsubscribe to part of a database. And they say you can unsubscribe and get no emails, but you just cannot erase your email. Once it's out in the ether, I find you can't erase your email address. And so it's really annoying. And I, and I think it's getting like that with LinkedIn, I guess, because I've got so many connections. That's partly the, the cause for that. Um, so, so yes, that's exactly right, because that's the other thing is we, we connect. And even if I don't hit you with a direct message, I'm making an assumption that you're interested in my newsletter and I stick you into my database and I call this GDPR compliant. I don't know on which planet that's compliant. It's not. I do still need your permission to uh, put you in my email list. So that's what a lot of people are doing because I get a lot of random newsletters like you do. And I'm thinking, I, I, I really don't remember, like who is this person? You yeah. just don't remember, you don't remember. So, it, you know, that's not uh, good. The, the other big mistake, I think it's having an unfocused content. Uh, there is, and again, to me, I'm, I'm of the less is more quality over quantity. So the conversation we had about the number of first degree connections and that you, you really need to chillax after 2000 is perfectly all right. And you just follow the natural flow, just optimize the ones you already have. The same principle for me applies to content. There is pressure to have content out there nearly daily. You, you don't actually need to do that. And the recent algorithm change will get another one, of course, uh, on content. You may have noticed that if you post something, then a week later, 10 days later, sometimes even two weeks later, this content pops up again because somebody saw it and somebody made a comment and you think, well, that was like ancient history, which in, in social media terms is two weeks ago. So the, the algorithm has changed. So LinkedIn keeps showing your content for longer 
than it used to, which is a good thing. So we don't need to be cannibalizing constantly our own content by just pushing out a lot of it. So what happens when you're under pressure to push out a lot of content? Quite frequently, what I see happen, people lose focus. So from a property investor, I'm interested in insights. I'm interested in updates. You know, what does the budget mean for property? What's the update? You know, Knight Frank issued the, the wealth report. Uh, Visual Capitalist has amazing infographics about where the, the big properties are in the world. You know, share things that is relevant for the particular niche in property that you're dealing with. So that's what I'm interested in. That is my expectation. If all of a sudden on a Monday morning I wake up, and this has happened, by the way, and I see people commenting on a certain very popular uh, Netflix series that they spend the entire weekend uh, binge watching, this is what I call a Facebook type content. It's fine, absolutely. Let's have fun. Let's discuss this. On a Monday morning, what message are you giving me? You are telling me you actually don't have anything else to do on a Monday morning. That's not a good look if you want me to take you seriously in what you do. And then two hours later, you're there making comments because people say, oh, you need to engage with your comments. Great. But two hours of your day. So that that's, is the lack of focus that I find can be very damaging. I'd rather you said nothing if you have nothing to say and then focus on your next item and make it a little bit meatier because from property investors, we are expecting meatier stuff. Yes, so you've got to, you've got to find out what people want um, and, and, and be posting relevant stuff. Um, so what... What, so what one thing that you said to me was, that, as you kind of alluded to here, and I'm just wondering whether this still is the case, because as you say, they change algorithms. You said you only need to post, you know, no more than three times a week. Is that that's still relevant on LinkedIn? Because they would say something like, you know, if you listen to a Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, he says constantly post, constantly post, you know, you, you can't over post, you know, work hard, just give content, give content. But on LinkedIn, I just get that feeling that it's slightly different and that volume of content is not what you need. But as you said, almost quality of content, get that interactivity. Yes. You, still, you know, I do get quite a few views. You know, you get into the thousands of views if you post mm -hmm. a video, a piece of content. And as you say, it can hang around and then you can check out how many people, I mean, I'm, how many people are, 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 you know, viewing your profile. So there's some reasonable analytics you can use. I don't have one of these professional or premium accounts. So I'll just go off the basic. Is, mm -hmm. is it worth having a premium or professional account in LinkedIn? Because there was a while that you would, you know, that's the pay for. Yes, things, things have changed. So let me address your first question about the frequency of content. And there are different schools of thought here. And I apologize on behalf of all the marketers and social media experts who appear to be giving conflicting uh, advice here. Now, I, the first thing is to examine what is your particular starting point. So if I work with someone, I look, what are they doing right now? So if you start from zero, as in very little to no engagement other than liking somebody else's post, 
then two, three times a week, I think it's very, very reasonable, especially as you getting used to the system and understanding your own voice and your own content and what exactly is the limitation of your content, how far are you willing to take it? So, you know, the content isn't just about content, it's also about our voice, it's about our thinking, it's about our opinion, it's, it's a little bit more complicated from a psychology perspective than, than we tend to think. So what is your starting point? Now, if you have been doing this consistently and you get very consistent, good viewings, as you said, you, you're getting, then there's nothing wrong with upping it to one a day. I will have it one, Monday to Friday. I, yes, a lot of people, and I have tested uh, posting over the weekends. I find um, Sunday uh, early evening, because a lot of us get a, do a little bit of work to get our thoughts right for the week. So Sunday early evening can be a good time to post something for the week ahead. Uh, but the, the rest of the weekend, not, not really on LinkedIn. So stick to the working days and up it to one post a day and aim to have more quality and then drive more engagement because it isn't just about posting something. If you have spent a lot of time creating a content, creating a video, then you want to make sure you promote it. So then you have to go to your Facebook group. You have to go to your email list. Uh, go around and give people updates say oh i've posted this i would love to hear your thoughts so it's it's that um, uh, concept we have in marketing it isn't just about creating something we have to drive traffic to it uh, so so that's that's the balance i hope this answered your question now the next question about the premium uh, membership on linkedin my uh, answer now is actually quite different to what would have been uh, maybe 10 months ago. The, the, the reason is I actually think it's getting a lot more interesting now and worth paying for at least the business premium, which is about you know, 45, 50 quid a month. And there, there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, obviously, you know, you can view more people who have viewed you, but actually uh, the main thing for me is that it can help you a little bit with your messaging, with your inbox. You can set up an, um, an automatic reply, a little bit like Outlook. So people send you a message, they get a reply from you. And because, as you mentioned earlier, we all suffer from this. It's very easy to miss messages on LinkedIn. My God, I've done it. I know it's awful, but it has happened. It's really easy to miss them. But if you have an automatic message that says anything that you want in terms of managing your inbox, you know, best to email me. I don't check this in inbox regularly, or I'm, I'm away for I'm. I'm digitally detoxing for the next week or something. So for that alone, it's actually quite useful to have a business, uh, a business premium account. What does, what does Maya think about that? Yeah. She's <laughs> puppy that I've got. She just on screen. She's just stirred from her sleep and uh, now wants to sit on my lap. So um, while I'm in the middle of the podcast, so she's learning about LinkedIn. I don't, I don't think it's a platform for puppies. I think that's more for Instagram and uh, that kind of thing. Where you she, she obviously got tickled a bit, which is a good sign. I'll take it as a good sign, Mike. Yes, that's, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So she's okay. She, she might be coming back for more. She's learning about LinkedIn. 
So, um, but she's, fortunately she's in a sleepy mode still. So we're, we're not gonna hear too much from her, hopefully. Good. But, um, um, but she is providing me a lot of distraction at the moment. While uh, well, she's adorable. I'll get distracted in a second, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> well, if anybody wants to see her, you just have to go to my LinkedIn profile, not my LinkedIn profile, my Instagram, because I'm not posting her on LinkedIn because it's yes. not business content. Correct. If more personal content, then generally that's on the Facebook and Instagrams of this world. And obviously, as she's such a beautiful beauty, um, Instagram. She she uh, is. Perfect for that. So uh, Insta Instagrammable, isn't that the the, the yeah, word? Yeah, very Instagrammable, very <laughs> and less LinkedInable. So um, yeah, so uh, I think you'll see property more more property stuff on my LinkedIn and more puppy stuff on my Instagram. Which will probably drive everybody to Instagram now, as opposed to LinkedIn, and we're having a discussion about LinkedIn. Yes, but you know, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get the right connections in, in the right places, and and then we can have the right conversations. And it is, as we say, about connectivity. Um, uh, what I wanted to work on towards now, we've had a great discussion, I think, um, around a lot of the things on LinkedIn and and some tips and and some interest. Um, and you've already touched on. Um, I always ask some, there's some questions I always ask all of my guests. So one is, you know, what, what book or podcast or you know, whatever it is has really stuck out to you and made a big difference in your development journey and your business and um, in your life. So um, I know you've already mentioned oversubscribed. I, I love all of Daniel Priestley's books. Um, uh, but for you, what is the most significant one that you've got? That's a, that's a great question and I'll answer it with from two different perspectives. The, in terms of me personally and my own journey, I can't pick up one single book because I read a lot of books. So I think for me, the, the whole idea is that keep reading and keep reading widely about uh, business, about politics, about life and keep learning. Because for me, that's, that's what it's all about. And so I do read quite a lot of books. I can't say that there's the one book that changed my life. In terms of my clients, the book that the marketing book I recommend is over here. Uh, it's Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And I love Donald Miller. I think we talked about him a little bit earlier before the podcast. I think he's one of the best marketing minds in the world today. I don't think it's an exaggeration. I absolutely love his work, his podcasts, his uh, YouTube channel, and overall I consume his content. And I'm part of his uh, Business Made Simple uni uh, University as well as a, as a consultant. So the main thing about this, and I, I run my own, uh, I started recently my own um, virtual book club, which is marketing focused. And I always advise people to start from this because it has a seven, seven step framework. And the main thing I notice as a challenge on LinkedIn, when we write our profile, but also our website presence, is we have a tendency frequently, I know, I know it doesn't apply to everyone, but I see this a lot to start talking about us. We just want to, we think personal profile equals me, me, me. Well, it's not really about that. And Miller has this wonderful framework where he explains that the client is the hero of our story. It's not really about us. And actually we looked at this when we had a look at your profile, Mike, didn't we? 
so the way it would look like on LinkedIn, I mean, with you, we started helping frustrated property investors get it right is what I do best. So it's about having these two, three sentences about what are the key challenges, what are the pain points, and never hesitate. That's my other big tip, actually. You don't learn this necessarily from Miller's book, is to really not hesitate to go into the pain point and <laughs> push it push it well and activate it so that's my favorite book that i recommend for everyone to to read he has um and i know you know you're a fan as well he has written a couple of other books as well which are equally very good but this is the basis of his framework yes and i i uh, actually for my property business accelerator program it is one of the books that is recommended reading because i i think it's a brilliant book and um i love that the hero's journey and he he often you know he talks about how you know so many films are built around this storytelling is built around this and films are built around this about the hero's journey and that they you know go up and then there's a challenge and then um, and, and we're, we're the Yoda. So I just always say to people, we're the Yoda. If you read yes. the book, you'll understand what I mean by that. Um, but um, we're, 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 we, we need to position ourselves as the Yoda, which is the expert. And that's, and you're helping people on their journey. And, um, you know, we pull them back from the brink. But every, every film, start watching films and you'll, and, and after reading the book, and you'll see a different <laughs> perspective on it all. But, um, Funnily enough, sorry to interrupt you, uh, Miller says that he his wife actually hates going to the movies with him because he has studied script writing and storytelling. So quite quickly, he uh, the first 10 minutes, he says, well, this is and this and this is the villain that's going to happen. So she's... Uh, he spoils the story he for her. Ruins of good, really good film. Yes, ex yes. Ex exactly. What an annoying person to watch something with. Yes, I, I wouldn't want to be sitting next to him in the movies, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's for certain. And, and uh, can my, actually, my current reading at the moment is, I can't remember the title, um, is his latest business book, um, Business Made Simple, I think. Business Made Simple, yes. I've just, I've just got that, I've just picked that up, and I've just started the first few chapters. And he says, read a I think it's it's a sixty day, you know, read a small section every day and implement it, and it's just about making business simple. And I love um, the other thing about Donald Miller as I watched some YouTube stuff, and he he was pulling apart people's websites. Yes. Um, if you've ever seen, I love I love doing that as well, and uh, LinkedIn profiles as well. That, haven't we? You know, <laughs> um, what is all of this? What is all of this? You know. Just keep it all simple and get that communication across. And um, the um, the hero's framework that he has, you know, I, I spent a bit of time studying that as well. So I am a big fan of his. So I highly recommend the book. One I don't hear talked about too much within the, the development circles, um, uh, you know, self-development circles, but I think it's it's highly, um, it, it's a definitely a good read if you want to get your communication up, if you want to understand how to interact excite people sort of and how you should do that so that that's really good what is the story behind this 
What is the story? Yeah, so he has a, a, a nice uh, couple of uh, punchlines, which I, which I love, and I have a, a note here. I mean, he, he talks about how uh, the more simple and predictable the communication, the easier it is for the brain to digest. And there is a whole section in the book where he analyzes that the brain consumes calories. So if we have a message, if your LinkedIn presence or your website is overcomplicated, you are asking me to burn a lot of calories to digest this and then he comes up with a killer line and he says you confuse you lose yeah if you confuse i love that absolutely um yeah def definitely but it's it's a book i have out it's a book i refer to quite a lot um so um definitely go and get yourself um donald miller's book um i really really advocate that so we're, we're coming to a close now um but i also asked this other question which is where, where's where's Queen Bee heading? So what, what are you, you know, we go into the future, obviously working on LinkedIn. Where do you see yourself working, you know, in, in five years time, how you're working and what, what you're doing? So what, how do you see that? Not necessarily the platform, but you yourself in your business, where are you heading? That's, that's a great question, Mike, and I spent a lot of uh, the Christmas holidays contemplating on this uh, very thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm a marketer. I mean, a marketing communication strategy, this is what I love doing. And LinkedIn is my uh, weapon of choice, uh, if you like. And I love, I love LinkedIn, but it's all about marketing. So the main thing for me is, you, you know how much I love the one-to-one -one work, but I'm actually going to move into masterminds where I have my own five-step framework, which is the framework I use with uh, everyone when they are saying, you know, I want to optimize my LinkedIn marketing. I want to make sure that I do this as a mastermind. That's my big plan. And be able to help a select group of people. I'm not, I'm not looking for a lot of people because you can't do in-depth work with big groups. But eight to 10, you can go in depth and support each other. And a little bit like uh, Donald Miller and his latest book is about working in chunks and really implementing. It's not about another training uh, session where you think, oh God, that was amazing, fantastic. I'll do two things tonight and forget it for good uh, immediately afterwards. It's about the implementation, isn't it? So that's where I'm heading. Yes, and I referred to that earlier about it's not about knowledge when I was saying that people shouldn't be scared about sharing knowledge because it's all about implementation. And that's why I think these groups are good because um, you know, you, you, you've got the environment there and everyone's focused on the same thing. And if you've got the peer environment, you've got the knowledge, the sharing, the motivation, and I think it works really well. Um, you know, you're surrounding yourself with people who are trying to master what you're trying to master and you just accelerate your journey so much quicker. So I think that's a great move for you. I think that will, you'll, you'll have a lot of fun and excitement. I'm sure you'll uh, get people knocking on your door for that. Um, as Thank you. And just just one point on the knowledge bit. I think you're quite right, and I still come across it quite a bit. People are a little bit guarded with their knowledge, but the main thing is that now we are in a stage where knowledge and information is available. What people need is direction. Yes, it's not yet another knowledge bit. No, it's not about knowledge. It's about direction about direction uh, for me it's a lot around as we said frustrated but it's um clarity yes what we're trying to achieve i mean you mentioned the word clarity on profiles and everything 
but we need to take that clarity, you know, in order to get that clarity on the profile, you also have to have that clarity about what you're trying to achieve, who you're trying to communicate to, what you're trying to, where, where you're trying to take them. And um, clarity is so critical in business. It's one of my key principles as part of the Property Business Accelerator. I have five of them, clarity being the first one and the first thing that you have to work on. Um, and that's some, something how I initially open up conversations with people, as you said, that's how I, you know, I often offer um, clarity calls to people to really help them with that because they're just in a bit of a, there's so much information out there. It's about that power of implementing, you know, that aid of implementing that they need because of all of that. Um, so if someone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way? LinkedIn, obviously, uh, Celia Queen B of LinkedIn. Uh, don't worry about misspelling my difficult to spell surname. Uh, just Celia Queen B of LinkedIn. Connect there. You can jump directly on my website, which is yourmarketingmentor.co.uk, and I also offer LinkedIn Clarity calls. We go through the profile and we just have a conversation about uh, where the focus needs to be. And frequently, it's not where people think it is. <laughs> Yes, I think people can come into preconceived ideas around certain things and it's not necessarily that's the issue or that's the that's the problem. Just before we go, though, I'm going to have one last question and I'm pulling this out of the hat because I know I can't remember whether it was in our pre-conversation or whether it was in the podcast, um, but Clubhouse. Clubhouse is oh, good yes. at the moment, isn't it? What's your view on Clubhouse? I'd love to get your opinion on Clubhouse. Okay, so in my defense, okay, in my defense, I'm a marketer, so I feel compelled to try out new things. So that's my cover story anyway. I love, I love Clubhouse and it's a very casual podcast type of setting, isn't it? It's very pandemic friendly. We don't need to look pretty for Zoom. It's really quite relaxed. You can listen to something while you're doing something else. So I love it. I think there are lots of interesting conversations. As with everything, we have to be quite clear what we aim to achieve on Clubhouse, which for me is about building community. So if we stay focused on that, then how can we get people off Clubhouse? And I know it's interacts uh, in links with Instagram and Twitter, but our bio on Clubhouse effectively is a different type of presence. So we have to make sure that we take people off Clubhouse onto our own preferred platform, which may not necessarily be Instagram or, or Twitter, you see. So it's about building a community, about having a presence and answering questions. I love it. I think it works really well with LinkedIn. You can point people to LinkedIn after that uh, and vice versa. And anything that uh, supports the overall uh, digital ecosystem, I'm, I'm up for this. It'll be very exciting to see what happens and whether we will still um, be talking about Clubhouse later in the year. I, th I think it's here to stay, like all these things. I think it'll be here to stay. I do think it's um, a platform where a lot of people are putting a lot of energy at the moment. Um, and the good thing about it is you can then connect with some people who are quite um, famous, affluent, knowledgeable, successful, all these kind of things, uh, putting themselves out there and they're putting a lot of time in. They can't sustain the amount of time, so that's not gonna be there forever. But I think there's some interesting debates, good conversations, lots of learning to have, and you have some really good access to people and likewise people can have access to you so if you're getting yourself out there on clubhouse people can have access to you and then you can connect and this is where i've really picked up on this connection element and realizing it is all about individual connections so connect with people that are in rooms with you or you're in rooms with them 
and um, you can reach out. And there's so much, as everyone says, DM me, DM me. So make sure, I would say, make sure have your Instagram profile right. Obviously, if you are trying to direct them to LinkedIn, you know, put your LinkedIn profile into your clubhouse um, um, description, make that um, clubhouse orientated, but clear, that clarity again. Um, but um, I do think it's imperative that you do connect your Instagram because it's so much easier just to click on the Instagram. Whereas if it's embedded in the header, you can't just click someone's. And if you're in the room talking and doing all that stuff, you can't necessarily click through. But um, say the preferred method that you want to be contacted by. So exactly right. It's about connecting the dots, isn't it? It is about connecting the dots. So we'll 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 get there. Um, I, th I think it's a really exciting platform at the moment. I'm having a bit of fun on it, quite enjoying it. Being careful, it doesn't suck all my time. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it's sucking their time. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, I'm getting some good connections and connecting with people and listening to people and, and some learnings as well. And I, I go on property rooms, but I also go on other rooms to help me develop and, and grow as a person as well. So I'm finding it interesting as a kind of like a, a property person um, and also as a as a kind of a, you know, just a listener in rooms and, and that kind of stuff too. So that's yeah. great feedback, uh, great feedback, Mike. And I think that's the whole point is having a presence and um, just building your community. I, lo I love the way you, you're using it. I think that's the best way to use it, really. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm less obsessed this time around the numbers of followers more about, you know, making individual connections and I'm making individual connections on it. And it's that's I'm finding quite powerful and interesting. So, um, yeah, I will continue to put some time and effort into it. Um, but, you know, as, as we all merge out of lockdown, because this is recorded um, in March when we're still just we're just getting the fruits of coming out of lockdown. Kids have just gone back to school this week. So, um, you know, whether it continues when everyone's out and about. But actually, it's an app that, you, you know, I often hear people saying, yeah, I'm just in the car or I'm just out walking or I'm out running or. So That's right. You, you can multitask with it a bit, bit like a podcast. Um, exactly yes debating is is it does this mean the end of podcast i don't think so no i don't think so either again a different format and you can be far more focused on what kind of content you're getting out of the podcast because you've got titles and content and all of that kind of stuff and you can follow the people you want to and consume at your leisure if if and not uh, anything i mean i think quite the contrary i think it enhances uh, podcasts and the power of podcasts because effectively is the rise of audio yeah, I, I, I exactly. I, I agree with that because all the other ones are quite visual Instagram, YouTube, you know, even Facebook, they're all going video formatting, aren't they? Whereas this is really moving the opposite direction mm. and actually is radio, but you know, it's more radio based audio, the first kind of like, um, you know, way of communicating to people, you know, phone calls, you know, not the video calls, the phone calls, radio, podcasts and now now Clubhouse. So um, so just to end on that note, I think get involved if you're not involved. I think it's an early doors, um, you know, platform. We'll see how it grows and develops, um, you know, but uh, I know it crashed when Elon Musk got on it. So you can get some, you know, multi-billionaires on there, you know, who's supposed to be the richest person in the world probably at that time. Um, so amazing access and to listen to people just directly, which you wouldn't get. I just don't see any other platform at the moment providing that kind of it's, it's, it's the only one and, and it's that a uh, quite exclusive access which is not going to last very long the more people get on it so now really is the optimum time to be exploring it i've already seen i haven't been on it long but i'm starting to see it change you know it's going to be dominated by the 
almost the people who put a lot of time and effort in or the people with the brand marketing off you know outside of clubhouse so it's just giving another platform for those guys but if you can get in now you can get yourself known through all of that and they're all making collaborations and all the people up on stage are all the the the, the well-known people anyway because they they need to dominate it they want to dominate it that's what they have to do so they're, they're spending the time doing it but um there we go. but anyway I'd, I'd just like to say thank you for your time today oh it's uh, a pleasure um you know a great conversation i think you know you always have to stay up to date with these platforms you know the linkedin platform and the changes that they make so um again now now i know that i've got some things to update myself on which is great <laughs> Um, please do everybody, you know, connect with Queen B, as I'm going to say, because uh, I love the name, um, Queen B on LinkedIn, um, and get your LinkedIn profile looked at, because I think it's still a really, really important platform. And I think, you know, for professional property investors, you know, you can connect to other property people where there are deals and there's money. Again, something I heard on Clubhouse um, just, I think, yesterday was a guy is killing it on LinkedIn. Um, raising money with some of the systems that he's doing, but that's only going to come if you're on there, you've got a clear profile and you're very clear as to what you're after, but engaging conversation, don't just blast content out there to the masses, try engage in conversation because conversation is where the connection is made and the power is in the connection. More so now, I believe, than any other time um, out there. So do engage. Um, I agree with you 100%. Any last comments you want to make as we close off the podcast? Uh, just to say thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, let's uh, stay in touch and maybe do another one later in the year when things may have unfolded with Clubhouse and we have new developments on LinkedIn. Who knows? Yeah, it's exciting um, times. Maybe, a, maybe a, a podcast on Clubhouse will, which needs to be done soon. And uh, maybe I'll get someone on to talk about their experience. But uh, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And, pleasure. Um, you know, do connect with us. Please like the podcast and subscribe to our podcast channel so that we can bring you great content on a weekly basis. And uh, thank you very much. And do share our podcast with others if you've enjoyed it. So um, thank you very much for listening today. And we'll catch you again very soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Property Business Accelerator podcast with Mike Frisbee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and at our website, propertybusinessaccelerator.co.uk.